On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcasts platforms. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Borgosh Energy, proud sponsors of the GAA All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship and GAA Legends Tour Series of Crow Park. Hashtag hurling to the core. Hello and welcome to the Throwing Independent.ie's GAA podcast in association with Borgosh Energy. I'm Will Slavery and I'm delighted to be joined as always by Michael Verney. Michael, hello. How's it going, Will? I'm doing well, thanks. All Ireland football final just around the corner. The excitement is starting. I see you've gotten your final haircut as well. You tidied it up. Yeah, badly needed now. In fairness, um, but isn't there a giddiness to, to Saturday's match? Just because it's such a, a unique kind of pair, and I just I find myself even giddy thinking about what could happen. Like in, um, like I I would my own club borough green and red, so I'd always follow Mayo closely, and it just it would be unbelievable to be in Crow Park Saturday evening and for. The green and red of Mayo to be played out over the Tannoy, you know, 30 seconds after them winning. Like, the, the, the din, I'd say, would carry across Crow Park for hours. Um, and then on the flip side of that, you know, Tyrone going for just their fourth. Like, so it's going to be very, very unique either way. Yeah, it's funny. Like, obviously, you know, Dublin have won the previous six All-Irelands. They've been some, you know, unbelievable games against Kerry, against Mayo, and they have been great occasions. But there is something kind of refreshing and interesting and exciting about two really evenly matched teams who don't have a huge, you know, Sam Maguire winning pedigree over, you know, obviously Tyrone won those three under Mickey Hart, but like none in the last, you know, 13 years. There's something that kind of adds to the excitement a little bit, even though the marquee matchups we've been treated to, some of them have been brilliant. There's something different in a good way about this one, I feel. Yeah, it's just, I suppose, two big, huge semi-final upsets. And, like, yeah. no one with the best one in the world could have predicted this final pair. And that's what we want in sport. Like, I have no problem being wrong the whole time with predictions if something brilliant is happening and it's, you know, a total surprise. And Saturday's final pair is a massive, massive surprise. And, again, you're just not sure what you're going to get Saturday evening. And I think that's the beauty of sport. And that's been the beauty of this year. Um, I think 2021 needed... Uh, things like this to happen needed Dublin to be beaten needed Mayo to be in a final needed Kerry to be beaten who were the you know supposedly going to take over the throne from Dublin we needed this to spice up the championship and uh, say there's a little bit of spice left on Saturday we haven't seen it all yet I'd say well that's the funny thing obviously Mayo with the 70 year drought you know probably most neutrals favourite this weekend in terms of who they'd like to win but I don't think there's a team better set up to play the spoiler 
Don Tyrone, like they don't, they won't give a damn about the Mayo narrative. Not that any other team playing them in the final would, but I feel like they'd really kind of almost relish spoiling that party, the coronation. They did it against Kerry in the semi-final. They're going in as underdogs again. I've seen already a couple of big names tipping Mayo to win in various newspaper columns. It seems like they're coming in in the long grass again, even though they beat Kerry in the semi-final. Kind of, yeah. Like Tyrone are kind of like the anti-heroes, aren't they? They just, they just get on with their own job. They won't really care what's in the other corner. They won't care how... Uh, how much optimism or you know enthusiasm is with the other team? They'll just go about their own job, um, and that's it's just two you know seriously mobile fit side fit sides going to just go at it, hammer and tongs at the weekend, and it, I think it's going to be tight the whole way. I don't expect there to be more than a score between them at any stage, and as we saw with the, with the ladies' game last Sunday. It's hard beat the excitement that a close game creates. Like far too often in recent years, we've been looking at games where Dublin have got three or four ahead and they've been able to keep the teams that are the other the opposition at arm's length and the the kind of energy is just sucked out of the occasion. I'm not expecting that this Saturday. I'm expecting the energy to be at its highest at the very end and to, for the excitement to be at, at its highest at the very end as well. Yeah, well, finger cro- fingers crossed it plays out like that. And we're now going to be joined by a legend from each of the competing counties this weekend, Cora Stoughton and Peter Canavan here for our All-Ireland Final Preview. And Cora, I might go to you first. We had John last week after the Kerry Tyrone game and you were talking a little bit about how the hype of Mayo hadn't really kicked into gear yet with the, with the lengthy kind of break between the semi-final and, and the upcoming final. You know, what's the mood like now as we get really close to, to that big game? Yeah, it's a it's a little bit surreal down here. Things are still, you know, while there's there's plenty of flags and and bunting and yeah, you know, cars painting and stuff like that. Um, there's a, a you know, it's not as hyped or as built up maybe as in other years. I think Mayo fans have learned in, in the past that you know, the more hype you have and stuff like that, it's it's probably not the best. So yeah, there's a, you know, we're we're optimistic and there's a confidence down here. But yeah, things are very certainly you know, a can- than normal all Ireland so you know for me which is good um you know obviously from the team point of view you know they're all obviously kept well away from that and you know you don't you know don't hear too much coming out of obviously the camp you know mostly heard was that they were away not last week in the week before tra- on a training camp in Limerick and um last Friday night they had an A versus B match and you know obviously reports in about injuries to McLaughlin Oh, McLaughlin and Oshie Mullen are probably the two things that's the most talked about here. And will they be back ready, fit, fit, fit for the game? And by all accounts, um, they will be. So, you know, that's a boost to Mayo. But I think Mayo fans have had so much disappointment, um, you know, especially in the last 10 or 11 years in All-Ireland Finals. So, yeah, they're, they're quietly optimistic, but, you know, uh, keeping everything quietly um, on the lowdown. The Mayo hype has moved to Summer Bay, Cora, with Alf Stewart <laughs> and Irene Roberts and everyone wearing the Mayo jersey. So you've moved the bandwagon elsewhere for the, for the week. That's for sure, yeah. Uh, down in Palm Beach, it's probably no harm uh, thousands and thousands of miles away. But yeah, surely um, no matter where in the world you'll go, they always say that you'll see someone in a, in a Mayo colours for sure, yeah. So yeah, they've made it all the way to um, Sorbet. I wonder will they get a ticket for Croker. <laughs> and Peter, what, what's the mood like in Tyrone, you know, coming into this game, obviously after that great win over Kerry? Interesting again to see their underdogs once again. I'm sure Tyrone like the position they're at, they're in going into this game. What what, what are what's people's mood on the ground there? The, the mood's very good. People are in great form up here. Um, there is a, a great buzz about the place, towns and villages. There's nothing but red and white. So um, supporters have really bought into it and, and bought into this team. They've given us a great run so far. And we're in a position very few expected us to be in and very few of our own supporters expected us to be in that position. Bear in mind, you know, with, with uh, new management just in 
and there has been progress made. Um, so look, we're delighted to be there, uh, regardless of who we're playing against in, uh, in the final. It's a very privileged position to be in, to be representing your county, all earned final day, biggest game uh, in the Irish sporting calendar. Uh, so look, it's great to be there. And yes, brilliant buzz. The only problem is not everybody's going to get a ticket. There's serious demand. I'm sure Cora's the same problem down there. Uh, we could sell 240,000 tickets for this game, I would think, instead of 40. Mm. Yeah, Michael, because there is that kind of uniqueness about the matchup. Obviously, Dublin have been involved in all the finals for the last six years. Up to now, a few clashes against Kerry, a few against Mayo. But there's something about this Mayo-Tyrone game that, that has gotten people's attention, You know, maybe even more so than other years. You know, Going into this game, what's jumping off the page to you? What, what's the big talking point going into it for you at this stage? Yeah, but there's so many unique things. I suppose you mentioned about the novel pairing. Like Stephen Cluxton has had his hands on Sam Maguire seven out of the last eight years. Tyrone have only won it three times in their history and have only played in six finals. Mayo have only won it three times in their history and obviously haven't won it in 70 years and were beaten in their last 10 finals. So like it's, you know, it's, this is kind of been with the Offaly 20s winning the All-Ireland and even Mead winning the, the ladies the last day. This is the year of the underdog and there's going to be essentially an underdog All-Ireland Senior Football Championship winner. Um, and that's, <coughs> it's just just so much excitement to it. It's that, like, I'm getting bombarded for ticket requests and I'm not from either of the counties involved. So I can't imagine what it's like for Peter and Cora. The demand uh, for tickets is absolutely crazy because people, uh, people know they're going to witness history either way. Um, and even kind of, tweeted yesterday I do think it's, it's it's interesting you know if Mayo win and the 70 year curse is lifted it'll be Aidan O'Shea that lifts Sam Maguire you know much maligned in in many quarters like how sweet it would be for him and for how bitter it would be for all his detractors if he were to get his hands on and then obviously have Parra Campsley on the other side who like only two Tyrone men have, have lifted Sam Maguire Peters obviously wanted him and Brian Dewar did it the other two times so it's such a rare final pairing um, and that just adds to the intrigue of it. And I think anybody who tries to confidently call this game, um, I don't know if you could confidently call it really. And it's the, the bookies obviously have it pre- pretty tight. But after those two semifinals, you're kind of, kind of realising this year that anything is possible. And I suppose that's what makes Saturday's final so interesting again. Yeah, and Cora Michael mentioned the year of the underdog. From a male perspective, though, they do go into this game as favourites, which is probably a new mantle that they've had to carry, you know, compared to some of the other finals they've been defeated in over the last, you know, 10-odd years with James Horn in charge for some and Stephen Rochford for the others. Does that change things for you in any way? Does the psychology of the battle Mayo going into the game where the expectation probably is that little bit greater, where people are talking about this is possibly their best chance to win that All-Ireland? No, I, I don't think in, in, from the team's point of view it changes anything. I, I think they're just the type of a team now that there's no um, psychological baggage um, that possibly was there in, in, in teams in the past. Um, you know, they just go out and kind of take a one game at a time um, and, and don't worry about favourites, underdogs. I suppose the last time Mayo were possible of favourites was maybe 2012 when they played Donegal. You know, it's the only other team outside the Dublin and Kerry that they played in, in the final well, you know, as I spoke about after the Kerry Tyrone game, you know, from maybe it's more of a supporter's point of view, we don't have the baggage of it being a Kerry, um, of being a Dublin and, you know, making that trip to Crow Park and, and, you know, worrying about, oh, it's the Dubs again. And, you know, we just had no luck against them. And obviously we've, uh, you know, all Ireland defeats to Kerry. So, no, I don't think, I think this group is a little bit different. I think the, the youth that uh, James Horn has brought in, you know, in the past kind of 18 months since since last year's All-Ireland, they're, they're a little bit different while there's, you know, experience there with the likes of Aidan and Lee Keegan, uh, Patrick Dirk and Kevin McLaughlin. There's a lot of young lads there that have come up through the ranks and, 
you know, have won at underage and, you know, really don't hold no fear. And, you know, I suppose, and, and you can look back to only last Sunday in the meet ladies, you know, their youth and that when, when youth go out and play in North Ireland final, sometimes they just let the shackles off and they don't have any of that emotional baggage that comes. I know Peter will probably tell you the, the same the longer you're playing football and the older that that, that you get, you know, the nerves become more and, and you worry about other things where, where young lads just go out and, and, and basically just go out and try and perform for the 75 five minutes. So I don't think it'll have um, any effect on Mayo that they'll win a slight favourites. James Horn has been around the block so long. You know, he's he's absolute super manager. I don't think he gets the praise that he deserves at times. So, you know, he he's all business. He'll keep them calm. And, and I think with Kieran MacDonald in there as well, I think he he's... I can't under, understate the job that he's done there, you know, to, to work with the players. You know, it's spoken about working with the four group in particular, but he has been a great person um, to do that kind of one-on-one work with players and, and build relationships with them. So, no, I, I really don't think that going in as favourites will, will in any way um, put extra pressure on that Mayo team. Yeah, Peter, what's your perspective on that one? Like, you know, Tyrone, the underdogs, Mayo, the favourites. Does that matter? You know, is there anything different for Mayo, you know, going in with that tag on, on them, do you think? They're, they're favourites on paper. And, and because it's so close, I, I, I don't think it matters. If it was Mary, Mayo going in against Kerry or Tyrone going in against Dublin, then it, it, w- it would make a difference. But in this case, um, you know, I think there's very little between the two sides. I agree with, with you know, with Michael you know, the, the point that it, that, that he was making. So um, that's why I'm predicting a draw, by the way. Uh, I can't separate them. But um, the point that, that Cora makes about about James, uh, certainly uh, I wouldn't understate his um, role as manager in, in previous Mayo teams. I didn't think he, uh, you know, I'm not saying I didn't think he was right in, in coming back. I, I questioned whether or not he had the stuff there to get them over the line. And I felt he was taken over an agent team and that he would remain loyal to a lot of those players that, that were still there. And in fact, what he's come in, uh, what he has done, he has come in and he has turned to the to the youth and he has unearthed not only very good footballers, he has unearthed leaders there in that squad. And, and that's what's so different about this Mayo team. So when you're talking about the leaders, the emergent leaders and maybe not even emergent, Ryan O'Donoghue has been fabulous um, this year, his, his performance uh, against Dublin was something else. O'Hora in the full back line, Matty Ruan coming up, Tommy Conroy. These are all uh, uh, faces that we haven't seen in previous All Ireland finals, and they, they're really leading the charge to such an extent that he was able to take off Aidan O'Shea. Now, at the start of the year or, or last year, that would have been unheard of. So um, it's a completely different Mayo side and I agree with Cora the favourites are underdog type doesn't mean much coming into this game um, it's going to be a fiercely contested battle thrown on, on Mayo always is um, but the only thing is in recent championship performances um, Mayo have had the better hand um, so that's why I know they were rubbing their hands when, when thrown beat Kerry in the semi-final no doubt I doubt they were rubbing their hands now somehow but Peter just a quick one for you um uh, from your role this week with, with Dara being involved uh, what's that like compared to preparing as a player what's the pressure like do you feel um, like do you feel a bit helpless in a way when you were playing you were able to deal with the pressure yourself and go out and play when you're watching someone that's so close to you like that do you feel a bit helpless on game there what's that like totally helpless to, to tell you the truth Michael so what, what can you do or say what can anybody do or, or say, uh, say when you're standing in, in the stand or sitting in the stand doesn't matter when the boys are out on the pitch 
they have to get on with. You can shout and roar and encourage all you want, but in terms of, of having a real, uh, you know, important input, not at all. Uh, I, I certainly wouldn't be one for bombarding him with information or far from it. Um, he's very like his mother. He doesn't listen to much that I say, so it, 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 it doesn't really matter. Um, so look, when you've got a really good management setup and, and you know that all the bases are covered, then you're more than happy to to let them get on with it. But um, as a spectator, number one, it's, it's very difficult as a parent having somebody involved. It's far worse than, than playing, let me tell you, because as a player, you're really nervous for the days before the game, before the match. But as soon as the game starts, as soon as you get your first ball or as soon as you get your first thump, that's it. The tension uh, eases out of you and you get on with the game. And as tense and odds as it may be, the adrenaline's rushing through you and, and, and you don't feel the pressure maybe as much when you're playing. Whereas when, when you're sitting watching it, it doesn't, you're tense the whole way through until that final whistle goes. So uh, I'd much rather be out playing than, than sitting in the stands. And Peter, just from a Toronto perspective, you know, with the new management team in place this year, you know, what do you think they brought to the table to, to kind of bring Tyrone back to the final? Because I was just looking earlier, it's interesting, like six first-year managers have won the All-Ireland in the backdoor era. Uh, so there's something about a new manager balance that top teams have gotten in the past. So do you think it's just maybe a little bit of freshness, a new voice, or do you think there's is there concrete things you've seen that you said, oh, they brought this to the table and this is why it's going so well? It's a mixture of all those things. Well, first of all, before a ball is kicked, uh, I felt they were going to get a bounce out of this team because you, you talk about the freshness. So right away, there were serious changes, not only to the to the main men in charge, but to the backroom. And a lot of Mickey's backroom team had been there for a considerable amount of time. So right away, you're talking about new medical staff coming in, performance analysis, um, and, and coaches as well. So there is a few men still there from, from Mickey's era, and that continuity is still there in some shape or form. So there's a freshness and there's a new way of doing things, first of all. And then when the new men come in, Fergal and Brian themselves as leaders, um, they have to determine the style of play, the philosophy you know, that they want to take to the table, the type of football they want thrown to play. And there has been a change there uh, on that front as well. So when you add all those up, um, and the other thing, and most important thing, no matter uh, what you know about football, um, you must have the respect of those that you're working with. And in this case, the group of players that, that, that uh, are there in the throne panel, uh, I think that they have that respect right from the off with, with Fergal and with, with Brian. So that's a massive help um, as well. So when you add all those things up, um, uh, we've got a bit of a kick out of it. They're heading the right way. They've made serious progress. But after saying that, well, and I, I said it after the Kerry game, the heat that Peter Keane is, is taken now down in, in Kerry because they lost an All-Ireland semi-final. And what do Kerry spectators and uh, a lot of commentators, they pick up the negatives from that game. If the game had have went the other way and Kerry won by a point, which they could easily have done, um, then people are thinking, what, what a great performance by O'Shea and, and Clifford. What about the Kerry defence? the way they sniffed out the, the, the main threats of the thrown forward line. What about that five-point comeback? What heart and determination uh, that, that Keane is getting out of his team? There's a completely different narrative. And on the other hand, people are saying, why did Logan and, and, and do her wait so long to get subs on? Kerry had five subs on, thrown only at two, going into the last 10 minutes after COVID. Why did our forward line fail to function? Why did 
we, uh, our first point from play from our starting forwards not come until the 60th minute. Why is there two managers? We, we should only have one manager. So the knives would have been out completely for them. And that's, you know, you talk about small margins. Um, so we, we've managed to get, a, you know, a bit of the rub of the green as well um, and, and, and managed to get there. But uh, we've got all to do and it'll mean nothing if, if we don't get over the line now on Saturday. Yeah, it's set up to be a very interesting game. And Cora, in terms of the tactical battle, like what area or areas are you looking to, do you think that, that will be very crucial on, on Saturday? Is there anything in particular you think between the two teams, if one of them gets that right, that that could be a really big deciding factor? Yeah, I, I think from writing down notes to think, you know, what would be the key points in the game? You know, I've written down, obviously, Mayo's injuries. Um, you know, obviously, there's McLaughlin and Mullen. There's been talk of Aidan O'Shea has been carrying an injury before the Dublin game. And again, there's talk in Mayo that he's been carrying it, something to do with his heel or foot. So how they come out, you know, to pick Mayo's starting team now, you know, I think Tyrone's team is probably a little bit more set in stone. Um, you know, at the moment, do we start Brendan Harrison? He's meant to be flying. It all depends on if McLaughlin and, and Mullen are back. Um, will Inde Hessian, who had a, a stormer when he came on against Dublin, will he start? So I think there's... Mayo starting team, what, what Horan will, will bring? Does he, does he hold Hessian? Does he hold Hessian for someone like Colin McShane if, if he he's, comes on and, you know, we need the legs for him? So I, I think that's a huge thing. Um, again, as I said, the benches are going to be particularly important. I think um, Tyrone's bench has given them a lot since they come on. Obviously, McShane scoring the 1-3 the last day. Obviously, Peter Sundara had a huge influence. Tierney McCann. Um, Mark Bradley so players like that I think that's really important you know there's been big talk around um, the four week layoff for Mayo versus the two week layoff for Tyrone um, you know who's that going to benefit again these are a lot of questions we won't be able to answer till, till you know maybe five half five um, six o'clock on, on Saturday evening so I think they're really important um, I think Mayo's experiences in final comparing to Tyrone I know Tyrone had a number um, of players involved in the final, but over the years, Mayo are probably a little bit, bit different. And, and tactics-wise, if you look at it, do Mayo um, press up on Isle Morgan's kickouts? Um, do Tyrone press up on Rob Hindley's kickouts? I think that's going to be hugely important. You know, we obviously seen that Kerry got a um, huge advantage on, on Morgan's kickouts. Um, you know, he went long, obviously lost a lot of them. So I think that's going to be a huge area. Um, and then obviously uh, to go to matchups, you know. You know, for, for Mayo, where does Aidan O'Shea play? Obviously, he's the biggest probably talking point down here. To me, Aidan's probably best position, um, you know, now is probably at full four. Do they play him in there um, and put him under, um, you know, put um, um, McNamee under a lot of pressure, get an early ball in, you know, maybe try to get an early score? Um, I think that's going to be hugely important. Again, you know, um, do Mayo continue with their running game, um, which I think they will, and I think they're, um, you know, they've, very strong runners coming from the back. That's all if they're fit. The likes of McLaughlin's, the Mullins, Patrick Durkin, Lee Keegan. Um, you know, I, I think Mayor are going to go from this game from the right, from the off. So I think there's so many question marks um, around what, where where will you know the matchups be and where it'll be won and lost. And again, it's it's like all in the game. I don't think we're going to be able to um, get a lot of these answers till probably five five thirty on, on Saturday evening, or probably you know six half six when when the game is won and lost. But you know, you do, if you look at it, for me, Tomeo needed the four-week layoff, you know, gave them that week because the, the county was on a high, um, you know, after their, the, the, the win to Dublin. And, you know, it's talked about how well they celebrated that as in, you know, on field. But they, they, they needed to come down. They had the week then to prepare. 
and then they've seen who their opposition and were in Tyrone and then the, 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 these weeks to plan. So I think that's really important. Is it a, is it a negative for Tyrone that they've had just two weeks to prepare to come down after extra time, um, you know, and you come down off a high and, and go back into training straight away. And, you know, they probably had only one major weekend where they could get things right. So for me, I think the, the pluses are probably in Mayo's favour. But again, it's, it's going to be very hard to call it. You're probably not going to know that till, you know, 6.30, 7 o'clock on, on, on Saturday evening. Yeah, Michael, the Aidan O'Shea question is one that, like, you know, you mentioned him earlier. He's such a, you know, I suppose interesting figure he gets talked about so much and where he plays gets talked about so much and obviously talk about James Horn's ruthlessness earlier like taking him off when the game was in the melting pot against Dublin was a very big call that was vindicated like how do you think Horn might use him at the weekend might he even opt to keep him in reserve and try to maybe match the Colin McShane bounce off the bench if, if that is what happens with McShane starting off the bench yeah I, I, I don't like how he's attacked in certain quarters of the media I have to say um, like if you look at it um You'd say the only team that Aidan O'Shea has really struggled against um, is probably Dublin in big All-Ireland finals. So if the only team you've struggled against is the best team of all time, um, there's not really much you can do about that. He's dominated against 90% of other teams. Um, I do expect him to start. I think uh, I think he's probably tailor-made to start maybe in the full forward line, as Cora said, against against Tyrone. I don't know if Tyrone will be able to like go after him as much as maybe Dublin have down through the years. Um, I remember, you know, Finney McMahon uh, going after him, I think it was in 2015 when he kicked one, two off him, as in they just tried to put him on the back foot when he was in the full forward line. Uh, that's not to say Tyrone won't do similar, but I'm not sure if they'll be able to uh, maybe exploit him as much as that. I the full back line all scored a point against Kerry. They were good at rating. That, that's, that's right, Jay, and that's just the kind of, that's the way of the world now at the moment that, you know, the defenders get forward as, as often as they can. Um, I do think, it, it has to be said, I do think it has been talked about that he was carrying a knock going into the Dublin game. He could well be still carrying a knock, but I definitely would be expecting an awful lot more from him. And uh, if, they're, if they're going long, particularly on their own kickouts, which I do expect them to do, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he was drifting out to the middle of the park as well. It was interesting with Tyrone the last day. Um, they essentially tried to take they tried to take the middle of the park over when Kerry were taking kickouts. And I do think they lowered... Kerry into doing what they wanted them to do so they had a 100% retention rate from kickouts but they had to build from the back and use all their energy to bring the ball up the field whereas you know Niall Morgan went long where possible and was able to you know take out that even take out that middle part of the field sometimes as well but they, they definitely lured Kerry into playing a shorter more energy sapping game and it's going to be interesting to see if they do that with Mayo over the weekend again because I think Mayo will want to get ball into that middle sector, they'll want to compete, uh, particularly under kickouts in that middle sector. So the, the, the kickout battle is going to be fascinating, but it would be expecting Aidan O'Shea to be starting, and I'd probably expect him to start at the edge of the square. Yeah, Peter, like, what do you think the Tyrone tactical approach would be? As Michael said, there was an element of like Tyrone getting Kerry to play the game the way Tyrone wanted them to play it in, in the semi-final. Like if, if from a Tyrone perspective, like what would you like to see them do to maybe get the same outcome against Mayo? Well, I think they have to press up on the, on the Mayo kick out to begin with. I'm not too sure, Michael, if, if they were happy to let Kerry win every kick out. Throne did go man to man and they did try and, and push up. But the, the fact was they weren't able uh, to deal with it. Now, I know towards the end of the game, and especially when we were down to uh, 14 men with the black yards, we, we definitely were happy to let Kerry win the kick out and, and we just sat back. But uh, uh, I think they wanted some return. And, and to put some pressure on Shane Ryan, that, that didn't materialise. So 
and, and that's very difficult. And and they just about got away with it against Kerry, where you're giving them the ball, and people are saying, "Well, Kerry backs, you know, were tired after you know carrying the ball out." Well, thrown forward, still had to chase them. You still had to, you know have to run after them. And me as a forward, I would prefer to do me running when we have the ball rather than chasing after somebody else. So if we adapt, you know, a similar policy against Mayo. Mayo's probably, probably if not the best running team in in the country, especially from their full back line. So, you know, you'd be crazy uh, uh, trying to keep up with those boys and letting them win every single kick out. So we have to pick our moments, try and push up and try and test Rob Hanley. Do, do not make it easy for him. And I would imagine Mayo will, will be doing something similar on, on throne. Two teams are very similar in that uh, both depend a lot on turnovers for their source of scores. Uh, Mayo were very good doing it in, in, in their own half and breaking at speed. And if you look at the semi-final against Kerry, that's where the majority of thrown scores came from turnovers and, and breaking at, at speed. I think both teams will want to utilise maybe their, their kicking game a wee bit more. And that's why I believe there's a good chance Aidan O'Shea will play inside. Um, just because he was poor against Dublin, People are forgetting that he was very good in the full forward line against Galway. You know, in the second half, their resurgence started with O'Shea winning balls in there and, and, and laying them off, setting up scores. So that's a serious option for them to have. And Throne's kicking game inside was poor in the first half. And uh, I don't think they're going to be fit to rely purely on a running game to get the better of Mayo. Uh, Peter, just a quick question just on Dara as well do you even bother asking him what the team is or whether he's in the 26 or anything is there any point I did I did it at the start of the year and then I stopped when uh, I was getting a grunt uh, <laughs> so the, there's no point yeah. and in terms of the own personnel like you know Colin McShane is a guy that you know obviously came off the bench in the semi-final had a huge impact do you think he should start the final or do you think he's better utilised as that impacts up in the second half again what's going on in training Will, will determine that there. And, you know, the feeling was that he hadn't been in, in the, the wee games, the A versus Bs and all the rest. He wasn't doing enough. And that's why he wasn't getting on. So between that and the Kerry game, it's, it's going to be difficult for him to try and impress. And there's only so much, I suppose, contact that they would have been able to do in, in training. But w- without a doubt, if he's going well enough, um, and, and training, making a serious effort. I'd, I'd be happy to see him start. But then again, how does that uh, affect the rest of the team? There appear to be a good balance there um, in the half-forward line against uh, Kerry. So, and again, many times have we said about the importance of the bench and having people who are going to make an impact. In any close games this year, you can argue that it was the subs that, that made the difference, uh, certainly against Kerry. Uh, massive impact for Throne against Dublin. Just go through every player that Mayo came on, and one way or the or the other, they had a really played a really important part in in, in their comeback against Dublin. So, again, this weekend in a really close game, uh, when we are analysing it after, we'll be looking at the subs, and the chances are that whatever bench has made a bigger impact, there's a good chance that's the team that's going to get over the line. And just one question, Peter, on, on the whole, you know, the COVID situation over the last couple of weeks. I know Fergal Logan and Brian Dewar have tried to put it to bed, but but from your perspective, like what have you made of the commentary around it, the, the, the whole thing? It's been such a kind of a, a sideshow and a big talking point over the championship. Fergal had said, I can't say anything about COVID. Well, <laughs> um, no, look, it's, 
it has been a, a, a sideshow, but thankfully, from a throne point of view, the players certainly it was obvious from their performance against Kerry that they didn't let it um, affect them. Very disappointing to, to see some of the things that has been been put out there um, about hiding facts from you know who are the players and what are the players. The bottom line is, and, and I've said it before, uh, Throne were transparent. They were up at Croke Park, had the names of everybody had it and the, the degree of the illness that they had. So uh, in terms of being you know being out there, they have it. They know the facts and, and hence the game was, was put back. But I think as for anybody else asking questions about individuals who have it and whatnot, it's, it's none of their business and there's no right um, to do that. And look, we... I think that we reached the right outcome. We had a brilliant semi-final the week before. It didn't two weeks before it didn't look as if we were going to have one. Um, with a brilliant semi-final, and please God, we'll equally have a brilliant final. Yeah, it looks up to be a great game. We might go around and get some predictions now. Uh, Cora, you know, such a big game for Mayo. Uh, how do you see it going? Yeah, um, honestly, and this is not normally your heart rule in your head, I, I'd see Mayo win it narrowly. I think it, there's nothing going to be in a, a point or two. And it was just something I was thinking of um, yesterday. Um, you know, in the Kerry game, I think Kerry scored eight points from freeze um, against her own. Will it be, a, a, this be a big pressurised match for someone like Ryan O'Donoghue? I know he's been immense since he's taken over from Killian O'Connor in the free-taking duties. Will Tyrone, um, in some ways look at that um, in, in relation to, you know, if they are giving away freeze and, and the more difficult freeze for Ryan O'Donoghue, could it come down to something like that? You know, we haven't felt the loss of Killian all year um, and, and sometimes you're wondering, are you waiting for it? So I, I, I do think he's been immense, Ryan O'Donoghue. He's taken on Killian's mantle as, as free taker brilliantly, but is this a, a really high pressurised All-Ireland final for him? I hope not, but yeah, I do think Mayo are probably just going to win it by a point or two, but, you know, it, as... We spoke about the draw and all that. Um, it's very, very close to call. And, you know, it's going to be the smallest of margins and, and a small bit of luck that's probably going to get over the line. And, yeah, I just do think that Mayo can do it, but very marginally. Michael? Uh, yeah, I think there's so many interesting things coming into this. Uh, I don't think it'll be a particularly high-scoring game. Uh, Mayo kicked 13 points in normal time against Dublin, then added four in extra time. Tyrone kicked... 314 uh, after the guts of about 100 minutes against Kerry. I think Mayo have adapted to Killian O'Connor's absence and they're probably, if anything, more defensively sound. But when they've played in all Ireland finals recently, if you go back to 12, uh, they conceded a goal early in the first half. If you go back to, I think, nearly all the all Ireland finals they've played this decade, they've Conor Callaghan had a goal within a minute in the 17 all Ireland, did two own goals in the first half in 16. So they've uh, they'd obviously a goal after a minute again last year. So I think they'll definitely be on high alert to make sure that they're not conceding a goal early. That's going to be really interesting because obviously Tyrone have been particularly good at getting goals the last day. Um, I don't think, as I said, I don't think it'll be a particularly high scoring affair. I think it'll be real tight, tense and intriguing. And like I'm not, I, I'm not going to sit on the fence. I think may all win, but I think it'll be by a point. Um, I don't think there'll be anything more than that in it. Two votes for Mayo, Peter. I know you teed up the draw prediction earlier. Are you sticking by that? I am. Um, I, I think it's it's just a very hard one to call. Um, the reason why I think it, it will be a draw, um, going on previous games, uh, you know, if Mayo were in the lead by two or three points coming down to the last couple of minutes, they'll be nervous. They're very nearly there. I think Throne will get chances if they retain their composure to get back into the game. 
uh, to get back on a level playing field. Likewise for for Throne, this is such a massive game for these boys. None of them have an All Ireland medal. Um, we had difficult, you know, extreme difficulty closing the game out against Kerry. We allowed them back into it um, when we're five points up. So, and against Monaghan, we did the same. It was nerve wracking at the end. We maybe didn't have the composure that we would like. Um, so, look, it's. Uh, I just hope it comes down to a piece of brilliance rather than a poor referee, referee indecision or something like that 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 determines this contest. Um, I recall Fergal's last final in '95. Before that. Yet most counties, Dublin had never won an All-Ireland or had got beaten in a lot of finals prior to it. And there was a consensus that the capital needed to win an All-Ireland in, in 95. And we got on the wrong side of, of a few referee decisions that we felt very raw about and very sore about. This time around, you probably have, I was going to say 31 counties, but you'll have 30 counties back in Mayo because I can't see Galway giving you any support there, Cora. No, um, no, no. Uh, so look, if it's and if Mayo get over the line, um, and a brilliant game, I'd be the first to put my hand up and congratulate them because I've been there on enough big occasions and to see the effort they've made. I know what it's like to lose an All Ireland final. Um, so look, if if they do get over the line, uh, it'll be brilliant to see. But uh, have a funny final. They're not going to get over the line this Saturday. They might have to wait uh, to the following week. Um, it's going to be that close. Well, it's set it to be an absolute cracker. Cora, Peter, thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the game. Thanks, Will. That's all we have time for on the Throw On Podcast in association with Board Gosh Energy. We'll be back next Monday with a podcast to review the All-Ireland Football Final. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. Board Gosh Energy. Proud sponsors of the GAA All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship and GAA Legends Tour Series of Crow Park. Hashtag hurling to the core.